0: That is when I had the thesis. Maybe there's, uh, there's something to unlock here, converting metering infrastructure data into financial value.
1: Welcome to the Data Leadership Lessons Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony J. Algman. Data is everywhere in our businesses and it takes leadership to make the most of it. We bring you the people, stories, and lessons to help you become a data leader. Our show is produced by Algman Business Media, where we make having your own video podcast as easy as joining a video call and sending an email. At Algman Business Media, the stage is yours. Today on Data Leadership Lessons, we welcome Akash Kanulkar. Akash is the co-founder of Octane, a drop-in metered billing system that gives businesses the flexibility to bill how they want. Octane is on a mission to become the cloud standard for usage-based monetization, freeing developers to focus on building the next generation of software. Akash, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, Anthony, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
1: Of course. So, like we do with all of our first-time guests, why don't you just take a couple minutes and just give us the story of Akash and, and kind of what led you up to what you're doing now with Octane and and how you had this vision for building this kind of business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so i've I've always, lo- I mean, I've always loved building things and selling them. Uh, you know. I, for the past almost multiple decades, it was just a big part of what I did, building apps, selling them. I just, I I found the intersection of software and business to be remarkably beautiful. Hmm. Um, So roughly a decade ago, I actually met my co-founders at Carnegie Mellon. We're Hmm. all software, we're all software folks. Uh, We always, we all love billing. So we all love building, sorry, I got billing on my mind. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) We all love building and um, we all went on our separate paths me personally I, I went on to to take you know a few corporate jobs uh, really just get just get just get experience under my belt mm-hmm. um i mean on the side you know always building building apps and selling them. So that was a, that was a pretty relevant part of my experience uh but i guess mo- most recently when i really started to experience the entrepreneurial journey was when i started a cloud consulting business so I started a cloud consulting business prior to what I'm doing today at Octane, and there, that was an—I mean—that was an incredible experience. Um, just to give you an idea of what what inspired me to start that business, um, I was I was in the I was in our cloud team at a previous corporate job, and uh, I, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, I really want to start working with tons of different companies. Tons of different companies. Like mm-hmm. I, I see, there's a pretty massive shift to moving to the cloud. And uh, a lot of companies could use, just could use that help. Sure. So uh, I, at that point, you know, I started a cloud consulting business and I worked with companies ranging from hedge funds to fast-growing mobile app companies, to well-funded startups. I mean, I, I got a really amazing experience working with a large range of companies. And um, that, I mean, from just a pure leadership and business perspective, I, I gained a lot of insights like what it meant to sign deals what it meant to get new customers what it meant to make those customers happy uh what it meant to actually take technology take software lessons that i've learned and implement it and uh, be successful and help companies be successful so that was a pretty amazing business experience um and it was very successful you know i i I served a, a large list of customers uh but I started to, you know, I really wanted to strive to do something even bigger, even greater impact a much larger set of much larger audience affect globally. Uh, The thing with consulting is, you know, uh, it's, it's something that can grow, but it's obviously if you're consulting, it doesn't scale as fast, you're building a product business, you can scale and impact the entire world almost at once. Mm -hmm. And with consulting, it's very uh, one to one uh and if you you know if you do it right you can serve many customers simultaneously but you don't have that global impact so so going back to the consulting experience i did notice one specific trend across all my consulting experience Uh, on the on the topic of data i was typically you know i I was here to set up their cloud infrastructure that was typically what i did for our different customers Okay. And the common theme that I had for all my set of customers was setting up monitoring systems. I found myself setting up monitoring system after monitoring system for different, co- for different companies. And the purpose of that monitoring system is, as we know it today, for system health, system uptime, ensuring, uh, ensuring that your apps are running, infrastructure is good, every, all the apps are healthy. Uh, What what I noticed is there's a pretty significant disconnect in, I saw a ton of relevant data, sorry, a lot of ton ton of uh, value in that monitoring system data. I was creating these rich dashboards, really useful from a business perspective, but that data was being leveraged purely for infrastructure people, SREs, to make sure that your system is healthy. And I think there's, and I found that there's a lot of untapped potential in that data that was going unused. So what I did was uh, that got me really curious. Uh, uh, and I started to talk to more users, like, why aren't we reusing this monitoring data for other use cases? Other stakeholders want access to this. Business people want access to this monitoring data. Why is no one using it? And that—that that is when I had the thesis. Maybe there's, uh, there's something to unlock here, converting metering infrastructure data into financial value right i started to i started to probe that and that's really where uh, i stumbled upon octane what we're building today uh, a usage-based billing platform to enable SaaS businesses Uh, i started talking to uh, lots of companies about what does it mean to take monitoring data and 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 package that and sell that and and that's that's where consumption-based billing came from (laughs) in our in our minds Um, it's And that that's pretty much how octane came to
1: be. So help me understand then what that, that premise is in a a little more detail. Is this literally like using monitoring data to, um, to facilitate billing for like consultants or for products is it is it because software as a service or, or as a service offerings can take a lot of different forms. I'm curious how far do you reach into that other world where and I, it, I was I was smiling because of my own experience with uh, consulting I've obviously done a lot of consulting in, in my career and it's a well known tenet of a consulting business is that it's hard to grow because you basically grow linearly with your headcount. Like that's, that's all you can do in growing a, a consulting business, but in a product business, you can get that exponential growth. So I, 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 I hear you on, on the mission to create a product that can reach more people than just what you could do as, as a consultant in a, in a linear fashion. But with Octane, where you, where you really, um, Focusing on, on how does that billing actually apply or is, are you serving that space or are you doing something different?
0: Well, so, so the consulting actually inspired, inspired the capabilities and you're, and you're right. So the, that, that, same work that I did as a consultant didn't necessarily apply from a product perspective. It just mm. inspired us to have that idea. And we talked, mm. we started talking to SaaS businesses more and that mm. lit a fire for us. Yeah. So um it, it, at times, I mean some of our c- consulting engagements were in fact with SaaS businesses. Mm-hmm. But uh, what really lit the fire for us was like, okay, we just we saw a massive trend towards the cloud and being able to do cloud-based consumption billing is it was it was almost a, a slight switch that happened. But what yeah. really what really actually made it very real for us was when we talked to SaaS businesses. And we saw how big of a problem it was for them. Um, we we were we were talking to different SaaS companies, with like hosted database companies, uh, anywhere from seed-based startups to IPO post-IPO companies, and we're like, they were taking uh, smaller stage companies were taking several months to implement consumption-based billing. To a larger company, I you think like the Twilio's of the world, they have hun- hundreds of billing engineers supporting their homegrown billing system. Right. So uh, we saw that there's fairly significant challenges with implementing consumption-based billing across the SaaS world. I see, And that was what really inspired us. For, and that's what inspired me to move on from my consulting world to into building a product business. I mean, beyond, and I think there's a whole conversation we had about what it means to grow a consulting business to what it means to grow a product business. Um, but yeah, I'm happy to go on. Any rabbit holes.
1: Yeah, well, maybe we'll come back to that because I I want to make sure I'm understanding it now. So now it's starting to click with me. Right. And and, and that's the thing is, like, I, I want to ask some of these questions that the audience may be having themselves as, as we're Please. hearing what this is. And so um, as I think about a. You know, a software business, it sounds like you're probably going to be more targeted than in terms of Octane towards the small and mid sized businesses. I'm guessing mid sized businesses are probably uh, the sweet spot where they have consumption based billing, um, but they're providing a, a robust enough um, service, software as a service offering, but they don't necessarily have. Um, it, it isn't that the economically, um, uh, optimal thing to hire on a couple hundred, um, you know, engineers to build their own homegrown, very customized thing. Like if you're AWS, yeah, you're probably going to figure out, you know, consumption based billing, um, though they certainly haven't, uh, necessarily f- figured out how to make that transparent to the people that are consuming some of those resources. And I imagine that um, that's a request that you hear a lot is how do we make it so that our customers know where they stand or what the impacts are going to be of actions that that they take in our respective um, you know, software platform that your customers who are going to be businesses are offering to their customers who are going to be either businesses or consumers. Um, is, is that correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, mid-sized businesses is definitely the, the type of customers we work with. Um, and you're exactly right. It's enabling anyone to build the way that AWS does. Obviously there's certain innovations that we want to make it even better. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, imagine trying to build the way that AWS, there's so many com- companies that compete uh, on different dimensions in the SaaS world, either against AWS or even just beyond that. Um, sure. And being able to charge on consumption is really hard. To give you an idea of the why it's so hard, Let's think of a typical subscription business, a typical subscription business. You charge a single amount per month. Pretty Mm -hmm. classic, right? Like I I have an enterprise software. I'm going to charge you $1,000 a month, flat fee every month, all my customers. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, there's massive billing businesses just on supporting a subscription based model. Um, and it's fairly, it's, it's fairly common. I mean, you, all of us have experienced or bought enterprise software that, is pretty much on a month to month, you pay for that flat rate. Now, from a vendor perspective, as you can imagine, it's it's a relatively easy problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just gotta take a single amount and charge everyone for that amount. And if they upgrade to hundred bucks to 150 bucks, you charge them the new $150 rate. Now think about consumption-based billing, or if like, let's say we're AWS, we are charging based on 50, 100, hundreds of different meters with different SKUs Mm-hmm. And we're charging different amounts, and we need to track on an almost per second basis how all of my customers are using the, my software. And at the end of the month, we need to we need to ultimately come up with a reliable bill. And that, yeah. is, as you can imagine, that is an explosion of complexity from a billing perspective. <laughs>
1: Right, right. Well, because it's funny to think like how it's evolved from your experiences when you were building these kind of monitoring systems where you're trying to understand the health of, you know, whatever the system is that you're managing or building or, or what have you. To now, this is a, it's almost an accounting overlay to that health over time. And so you need to have it tracked Over that period of time, you need it to be so that you can justify what the cost is. Because when people, though, people love to ignore details until dollars get involved. And when dollars get involved, we all become like, you know, investigative journalists and and forensic accountants on what we are are dealing with, right? And and so you're...
0: (laughs) There's no room for error with billing. And with the monitoring system, sure, you could... Occasionally, incorrectly report on a broken application. That's mm-hmm. okay, but with when it comes to billing, you need to be you need to be very accurate in what mm-hmm. you're you know in what you're reporting on.
1: Yeah, no, it, it I I can certainly appreciate the uh complexity of this because of the variables involved and and the you know when you start to think about different customers, different clients, different bill rates, different um you know service offerings, different like everything becomes uh so complex to unravel. How do you create then in a you know software-based mechanism to handle that complexity because to me it's like the screams of something that traditionally even in the cloud space would be something you would have to home grow because of how complex and how unique that organization that client organizations uh consumption patterns are going to be or what their pricing is or how they're offering their their services to their clients like how do you how do you do that like how what's your strategy there at, at a high level of, of how octane addresses that complexity
0: yeah so there's a lot of th- things that we're doing uh and really proud of these the way that we've actually implemented our product uh we've seen to we've seen a couple a couple of major contentions in a homegrown setup and one of the big ones is the engineer ends up doing a lot more than he he or she wants to do or choose, wants to do. He ends up having to, he pretty much has to create the entire homegrown billing system. And the product person, the person that ideally should be owning the billing experience is unable to. So if the product person comes to the engineer and says, hey, I actually, I know we're tracking based on storage, and number of messages, I'm just making some random ones up. Sure. We actually also want to charge based on number of button clicks. I don't know. And at which point the engineer needs to go back, mold their homegrown billing system to fit that new use case that the product person has described. So, so what we found is there's pretty significant contention that happens between engineering and products, which is why on the product side, we built this really awesome no-code UI experience hmm. for product people to create specifically metered usage-based price plans, right into a UI, uh, mm. apply those to different customers, uh, roll them out, version them. It's super awesome. It's an awesome experience for the monetization owners. From an engineering perspective, uh, I know you were talking about uh, it's so complex, why isn't it, how do you even get away from homegrown? To answer that, we built a generic, we, it's generic. So mm. we have an API, an SDK, where you can send usage for any meter. If you're if you're a company like Twilio and you want to charge based on number of messages, you just have to send us the number of messages. We do all the ETL in the in the we do all the transformations in the background. If you want to charge based on compute and you're a machine learning company, you send us you set you just send us those measurements. We obviously make it super easy to we we have uh, in our system really easy ways to actually report on those metrics and That's a whole, that's one other different conversation, but ultimately we built a generic product. So you can send us whatever measurements you want. Doesn't matter what SaaS business you are. Mm -hmm. Um, And for the product person, the person that owns monetization, they could go in into our UI and actually define how do they actually want to charge the customer? Mm -hmm. Maybe they want to charge based on compute. Maybe they want to charge based on number of messages. Maybe they want to give the first 1000 messages for free. That's up to that. That's not right. up to the engineer or, you know, th- th- they have that power. Yeah.
1: That's, that's really cool. Cause I can, I, my wheels are turning down because I, I think about, you know, that would en- effectively enable you to work with any architecture anywhere because, because the, that last mile of connecting into whatever the source of that, um, of that data of the, of that metric is, That last piece that's going to be best handled by the client engineers anyway, because they're going to know their systems they are going to know their transactional systems or operational systems or whatever they want to pull the insights from as soon as and because that's not really hard for them because they're working with it all the time and then they can kick that to the API. And then you can handle the calculation engine using the rules that they set up on the product side to say, okay, here's how we should actually do the billing based on these inputs that we have sent you the core data for and now you can handle at octane. You can handle all of the that calculation complexity that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Am I I hearing this right?
0: That's exactly right. So from an engineer's perspective, it's really simple. They're just doing the they're just doing the instrumentation, the plumbing to send usage. So their, 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 their requirement to handle billing, which they don't want, typically, they want to focus on their core product, they don't have to, they just send usage. And um, it's like you said, the product person, whoever owns monetization, they define the business rules. Mm -hmm. And that's where the translation and we do the translation. We're really good at that.
1: Yeah, no. Well, and and that's where you can get like even go back to the very beginning of the conversation where you can get that exponential growth and how you can help people is that if you can solve that function perfectly, you know, like theoretically, perfectly. But like if you can if you can solve for that and then anyone can input their own variables to it and, and their own cost models their own, you know, what have you, you can have this very capable generic solution to. The ultimate complexity, which feels totally unique in every individual business, yet the, the, the real connective tissue there, those connective fibers are very common. It's just what they're connecting to is what the variables are. And so I think that's a, it's a clever way to address really complicated things by you handling a lot of the complexity and then connecting into client organizations where it makes sense for them and you to to have that complexity handled by the the client organization because a couple of those details are going to be really specific to each client. Everything else is going to follow a very generic pattern.
0: Exactly. Yeah, so this this, where where it gets the specific bits that goes that gets obviously covered by the customer itself. And Mm -hmm. we deal we deal with what's generic. That's the pattern we follow.
1: Are people are people able to implement octane? You know, on their own, or is this something that you have, you know, in, in, in your sales process or what have you, you offer professional services and, and onboarding guidance or whatever? How complicated is this to actually implement for an organization that, you know, just assuming out of the box is doing, you know, software as a service that has those consumptive metrics available, but don't necessarily, uh, have the ability to do this, um, this kind of billing on their own.
0: So, yeah, no, that's a great question. Um. We are firm believers that the future is going to be one of where product-led growth businesses succeed. So there's a pretty significant trend for good reason of of moving towards what we call a product-led model, where in a a product-led model, companies are self-servicing onto a product, growing into that product. And... uh, And it really becomes less of a hand-holding experience. And it becomes more of a, I'm using this product. I'm growing into this product. Uh, Different stakeholders are now consuming this product. Uh, A a good example, good examples of this are like Datadog, Slack, Calendly. Mm -hmm. These are pretty typical examples. Uh, Twilio. These are, these are companies where you just start to use the product and consume it more and more. Now, as you can imagine it with this type of, Sir, service option self-service option usage-based billing is a very common is a very common way of billing mm-hmm. you, you charge based on usage you 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 self-serve onto the product you pay you pay on consumption and as you use that product more your consumption grows and so does your bill uh and the value it just all works really nicely so that's my long way of saying uh we are we're, we're very much focused on building a user experience that's self-service People can onboard themselves. We have really good documentation to uh, to empower them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we really care about the success of our customers, so we're always you know we're always available. Um, and uh, and you know what we're finding is people want to self serve onto the product. They, they, people don't yeah. want to talk to sales reps anymore. <laughs> people want <laughs> to people uh, people want to talk to customer success in case they get stuck. Uh, you know, they, they want to be able to easily talk to people, but I'll talk to the co- company and have that available. But ultimately, people just want to start using your thing, get value uh, and and move on.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, and I think that you know, you're designing this to be as light a lift as possible for these organizations that. You know, are, are, are good targets I keep thinking about. So, so one of my business ventures right now is to create what is effectively like podcasting as a service. I actually have this idea that what we're doing now in our kind of post pandemic or hopefully soon to be post pandemic world where there's so much of, you know, remote work, so much of the, um, you know, asynchronous types of connections. That I think about this business that I've creating and and it's not just about hey, everybody wants to be the next Joe Rogan and have a podcast and and you know do that, but it's really I think about podcasting as this is the future of business cards. This is how we introduce ourselves to people who don't know us in a virtually dominated world and what I've learned through doing the podcast myself is that it's a real pain. To do it well and have it at a professional kind of caliber. And so what I'm thinking about and how it pertains to Octane is that I'm like, well, as I get more enterprise clients, those folks that want to have dozens or hundreds of people with each their own, you know, business card as a podcast type of offering to be able to say, hey, we can price based on the number of people or the length of episode or the length of recording or this kind of, um, you know, variety in metrics that may we may choose to use in the future. I could see a platform like Octane helping us actually identify new innovations for our service offerings. Do you have any other examples of that where like, because you now take something that like where I am at in this business, I am not doing consumptive billing. You know, it's going to be like, you, you, you get 10 episodes or you get whatever, but it's not going to be for every second your podcast goes, we're going to charge you 83 cents or whatever the number is, right? Like, but I could imagine when you can plug in something like Octane, all of a sudden, boom, new, new business models can come into existence do you have any examples of that by by partnering with one of your clients that they found new opportunities to innovate that they wouldn't have had if they hadn't used octane in the first place
0: oh my god yeah i mean what the the example you've just described with the podcasting as a service is like a very classic is a very classic example of what we deal with it's it's today and we've empowered many of our customers to now sh- shift to usage-based billing models that they could that they didn't even think they could do and serve a new audience and grow faster because they didn't know they had that opportunity. Um, th- a lot of times, yeah, I mean, for example, your posca- podcast as a service, you're charging, you would charge maybe a flat monthly fee or maybe ch- charge an amount once a year because you just don't really have the flexibility to say, okay, you know, in a, in a, in a In a world, I'd love to be able to charge based on number of podcasts that my uh, customers have created or the number of videos that they've generated or the number of business cards. It makes sense, too, because as they love the podcast as a service product more, they'll use more of it. They'll generate more videos. They'll generate more Mm -hmm. podcasts. And also, you have the ability to acquire customers you you couldn't even acquire before. Imagine the customers that are just experimenting with this business card concept right? This, uh, sorry, this podcast as a business card concept. How are you going to serve those companies yeah. without, are you going to tell them I'm going to, I'm going to charge you a thousand bucks or 10,000 or 10,000 bucks a year. Um, They're going to say, you know, I just want to try. Yeah, your well, product. I
1: mean, that's. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's, That the, the, the question is, is, is this is something that people aren't really thinking about today. Like they get what a podcast is, but they don't realize, Hey, if I had a minute long or 10 minute long, or whatever the right amount is video that was sitting on YouTube to introduce myself to, to other people. And I've never done this before. Am I going to really spend hundreds of hours figuring this out? No, I'm just not going to do it. And if I come at them saying, Hey, it'll only cost you $10,000 to have this, you know, 15 minute video, they'll tell me to go pound sand. Like, that's not a good value proposition, especially when they don't know what I'm even talking about to begin with. So if I could say, hey, why don't we start small and and have something that is, you know, uh, interesting, but is economical, but once they see the power of having it, they'll want more. All of a sudden, then that's where we can demonstrate through usage the value proposition at a very micro scale, and that can expand into something much bigger over time, or if it doesn't meet its promise, then it doesn't, you know, I think that's where business has to go. And and I think we're seeing that, you know, with gig economy, I think we're seeing that with, you know, how organizations are becoming much more virtual and much more, um. Decentralized in in their their team structures and and their human capital and all of that. I think that these kinds of services, these kinds of um, offerings become part of the fabric of how business really gets done going forward. I think if we if we think about it for a few minutes, some of the things that the pandemic has accelerated, I think really mirror a lot of what we saw in the early days of the Internet. Um, and when, when the dot com, when the dot com boom was really taking hold in the early 2000s or late 90s, it's like, I feel that there's this changing of the guard again, um, in a way that we haven't seen even since then. Not even, not even mobile feels quite how transformative as, as the workplaces, uh, these days.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, (laughs) Yeah, that, that that's the thing. It's I think especially with the new changes in with what co- what's happening with COVID. I think businesses are just generally transforming. A lot, I think software is act, if it hasn't already, it's continuing to grow rapidly. I mean the SaaS the SaaS market is just actually growing substantially, and it's a bit. This is a bit of a slight shift in conversation and thought, but I, I did want to. It did actually spark something that I did want to share with everyone, which is interesting. Is is, you know, we think pandemic is accelerating a lot of what's happening in terms of the software sphere. What I've noticed, uh, the reason we're actually seeing a lot of activity move towards a usage-based billing model is because there's also a lot of competition. There's a lot more competition that's coming out. And sometimes, and at times, what is the differentiating factor when you have competition? It's how you bill, your billing model. Obviously the the quality of a product is the most important, but alongside that is an incredible billing model. So it's something to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, having that flexibility is important.
1: I imagine how how easy does Octane make it to evolve that billing model or to um, you know, to understand how a b tester changes that I might do or promotions that I might consider like how much of that do you try to do as part of octane and how much of that gets into a different space around things like marketing analytics and pricing strategy and things like that because I can't imagine you're not going to try to cover all of that ground for everybody where do you draw the line of saying okay this is what we're focused on at octane versus this these are some of the things that you might want to do also but aren't part of our core product
0: yeah so yeah, obviously, there's with business. There's a fine line with being very focused and uh, being very focused, and also not, you know, being too focused or being too general. So I do think we found a pretty nice. Uh, we found that we found that line to walk on. Um, we we are a usage-based billing and pricing platform, and right now, in terms of the, uh, we have a pretty common. There's a pretty common theme, like you said. People don't know how to price and they try different meters, like maybe they wanna try based on length of video, maybe they wanna tr- try based on number of podcasts, they aren't totally sure. A lot of times you find that very common, especially when they're doing usage-based billing and there's many iterations. So one of one of the core aspects, actually one of the main, we, ha- we do have an analytics aspect to our product, which is almost an augmentation of our core billing, meter to bill, uh, which is, you can actually experiment with different price plans and see if I charge, uh, if, if looking back at my customers, if I charged, if I tweaked this number, like instead of charging $1 per video, I'm charging uh, $1.50 per video, how much money would I make? Uh, so that we have inbuilt into our products. So the analytics capabilities, because, mm. uh, and then ultimately, once you finalize or formalize on a price, you could just, you could pretty much, you can uh, deploy that. And ultimately what a bill is just a price point that's actuated. <laughs> so we just, uh, we just bill on whatever price plan you ultimately determine. Mm. Does that make sense?
1: that's uh, yeah no that it, it does and and i think that um you know there's that danger right of slipping into becoming like an erp solution where you're trying to do everything for everybody and doing none of it well you're saying hey we're gonna stay in our lane to to an extent here um you know and and facilitating that billing process but you're not going to try to recreate pricing analytics and, and all of that. Now you're going to provide some tools to understand, you know, some what ifs and, and some things that are very well tied to the core functionality of your product, but you're not trying to move into a million different directions, with the, which I think is is wise. That's that's smart because it also keeps the focus for your clients on understanding what your tool is good at. And, and that's something that I think um, is, is challenging for many, many startup type organizations try to grow too quickly in functionality, and they end up losing what made them special in the first place. And I think that if you focus on what you really do best, that's where you're going to have the most satisfied clients. Like, it's okay to say, hey, no, we don't do this part. But as long as the thing that you do is executed extremely well, your customers are going to be very happy. Exactly. So One of the notes that I had in in the in the preparation for this episode, and and I think we've already touched on it a little bit, but I'm curious just to make sure that we put um, an underline around it is this notion that with SAS companies that the current methods of billing clients is not particularly fair. Why is that? What is it about having something that is not consumptive based billing? Um, why isn't that fair? Or what what have you identified at a deeper layer than I might just casually guess is, is the reason for that?
0: So let me take, let me give you the bad example. And it's one that I'm sure many of us, me included, have experienced. It's going to the gym, the gym membership. Now you you subscribe for a gym membership, uh, and you're you're paying monthly some amount, whatever amount. Let's just say it's like fifty bucks a month. Now you know, you you maybe you hurt yourself or you just didn't have time because work was killing you or something of that sort, and you just didn't go to the gym for one month. Maybe it's been two months. Maybe it's been three months but you still have that gym membership. And it's pretty, you know, it's pretty well-told thing. Just like even being able to cancel that gym membership is really hard. They make it really hard for you to actually cancel the membership. Uh, they make it really easy for you to start the membership, but to cancel it, that's really hard. And going back to the gym, you just haven't gone in the past three months and you feel bad about it. So this is the, the quintessential example of where subscription-based billing is a problem. You have really unhappy customers, um, and they actually want to churn. They want to leave. I mean, they want to leave your service because you're you're um you're not built. You're not. It's not fair. You're not using the service. You're just paying for it, mm-hmm. and they're just wiping your card. And one of the companies that really innovated. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Oh no, I I was just gonna say like the the gym membership one is is actually extremely. Uh, telling about that because of the incentives when we start to misalign incentives things get wonky and in a gym setting their business model is actually predicated on the fact that some percentage significant percentage of members won't show up they can't actually serve all their members and so they want you to join Pay them, but not show up They they actually would prefer you show up as little as possible because their business model depends on it. And so th- we have these misalignments of incentives, which if over the past several data leadership lessons episodes has been kind of a theme is like when, when incentives start to misalign between the, um, you know, the, the vendor or the, the, um, the business and then the consumer or the, the customer, um, Bad things happen. And that I think is it, it illustrate it, it reinforces your point a little bit of, you know, the gym membership just or like any other business where they actually have an interest in you not using what they're offering. That's a that's problematic from a business model perspective. Um, it may work in the short term, but over time that tends to, to have problems. And, and you know, Businesses like like gyms uh tend to have uh, economic cycles and and some some big challenges. You don't see too many gyms that have been around for fifty years. So
0: yeah, and and especially with software, with how easy it is to switch from one software to another software, yeah. it's it's an even bigger. I mean, it's an even bigger. Uh, it's hard to get. I mean, when you when you have a customer, you don't want them to churn. And right. y- they will not churn if you if they're get if they're paying the right amount for the software that they use. So if right. instead of a, a monthly subscription where they're not using the software at all, uh, they should be charged for that. I mean, Slack, Slack is a good example of a company that did a really good job of this. So I think in 2015 they they released uh, what they call the fair billing policy, and how that works is. If you have a non-active Slack, you, they charge based on number of seats. And if you have a non-active user on the on Slack, you don't get billed for it. And in a way, that's usage-based billing. If you think about it, it's just a it's just a slightly different way of yeah. looking at it. And obviously, you have a happy customer if 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 only active yeah. users are getting billed. Then you you can imagine that people are happy with Slack. Right. Because if they have zero active mm-hmm. users, then they're not paying slack. Anymore.
1: Right. Well, and, and to a, to a lesser extent, the flip side is also something to consider is that I don't want to create a microtransactional friction for my customers that I don't want them to feel like, oh, if I use one more unit of this service, then it's going to be another hundred dollars or whatever the the amounts are. I want it to be where I craft that usage-based consumption billing um, in a way that is appropriate, but doesn't hinder them from wanting to use it. So if you go too finely grained, I guess is my point, people will be like, how do I use as little of this as possible? Um, and that's usually not what you want either. You want it to be where people use it and they find that that incremental cost is either you know, relatively um, inconsequential or that each of the levels make a lot of sense. And I think that it, it's, there's a magic to that, which I don't think you're necessarily going to solve for all of your clients, but I'm sure um, you'll, you'll provide the mechanisms for them to explore that for their businesses and, and figure out you know, whatever approach is right you'll be able to support.
0: Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not here to say that usage pure a pure usage based pay as you go model is something that every single company needs to implement, but they need to. Have, every company does need the flexibility to bill however they want, and it's up to it's up to the business to deploy those different billing tactics to make the customers really happy and also help them grow and increase revenue. So um, that could be a mix of, that could be a pure usage-based billing pay-as-you-go model. That could be a multiple tiered uh, plan that has different, different unit amounts at different, at different points. That could be a volume-based pricing where as you use more units, it gets cheaper. Um, th- there's so many different tactics to deploy. It's just important to have them all at your fingertips.
1: Absolutely so and and we only have another minute or two so i want to give you the opportunity i've asked you a lot of questions and have, have driven a lot of what we've talked about what haven't we captured about what octane is or or what you're doing or something that you know would help our audience um understand better you know why you're doing what you're doing with octane and and what you guys have to offer and and what they should be thinking about as they explore these kinds of, of solutions
0: yeah, I uh, appreciate it. So we, we, live in a compet- we live in a competitive world and that's awesome. Uh, what's amazing about Octane, and maybe I've already described this before, is but you can charge on a pay-as-you-go billing basis. It is a little literally 30 minutes. And traditionally, and you look at, we've seen a lot of examples of it. It takes months for companies. We, we've been able to actually bring the time down to actually implement meter billing to a really small amount of time. And I think that's one of the biggest value adds uh, the simplicity for the engineer and the empowerment for the product person. Uh, I mean, that's what uh, I've, I've said it before, but that's really what we've and what we've proven with our, with our customers. So um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really the main, the main thing. And if you wanted to check, check us out, uh, you know, check us out at GetOctane.io. Uh, definitely learn more about us and what we're doing. I'd be happy to chat with anyone uh, if they want to talk one-to-one Uh email me at Akash at getOctane.io. um, you know, I always love chatting with users, the community and hearing more about use cases.
1: That's awesome. This is this has been great stuff. It really helps illuminate an area that um, I personally didn't know a, a whole lot about. So Akash, thank you so much for being with us today.
0: Anthony, I really appreciate you having me on
1: my pleasure and thank you all for joining us today. You'll find more information and links in the show notes. Dive deeper with my book at dataleadershipbook.com and use promo code ALGMANDL at the Dataversity Online Training Center for 20% off your first purchase. And if you enjoy our show and would love your own, but don't know where to start, visit algman.com to learn how we make having your own video podcast as easy as joining a video call and sending an email. Stay safe during these unusual times and go make an impact.